Hi there, my name is C. I'm D, and you're listening to. Swinging, swinging Down, Down Under. Under. Our journey is a couple through the swinging lifestyle. lifestyle. Are you into open relationships? Or exploring new things in life? This is our podcast. Join in. Experiences. Both good and bad. <laughs> Reviews and events. And more here Swinging Down Under. Come on. Join us. Well, g'day everyone and welcome to episode 67 of the Swinging Down Under podcast. This is C here, and I'm super excited to give you this introduction. What you're going to hear soon, actually, on today's episode is an interview that we completed quite a number of weeks ago, but we have been waiting to release this. Now, we are interviewing Emma and Finn from a brand new podcast, and it's a great one. It's about ethical non-monogamy as well, but I really enjoy what Emma and Finn have created, and that is that they interview each week on Wednesdays and release it, a new episode, and it's about all of the facets of ethical non-monogamy. So they interview great people from all over the world about their experiences and how they approach ethical non-monogamy. So it's great because in each of these episodes, you can get a feel for how everyone does this differently. You know, there is no one size fits all. Um, You know, there is no opinion rather that your way is better than my way or my way is the correct way to do it you know so it gives the listener a great opportunity to relate perhaps to some of the things that the interviews discussing but it also gives really an opinion where you can have a conversation perhaps within yourself or have a conversation with your spouse or your friends and say hey this came up on this podcast I loved it I agree with it or hey actually I, I disagree with it and these are the reasons why and so it gives you that opportunity to have discussions great conversations you know really bringing different opinions and views uh, from all over the world on how different people you know really approach the swinging lifestyle or ethical non-monogamy polyamory whatever it is that those particular people are uh, into and some of their interviews are fantastic because it just goes to show you that the diversity within the lifestyle is is so great that one person's approach to the lifestyle could be so different from somebody else's approach but yet we all have something in common and that's sexual exploration of our own lives and so I really enjoy this because some people that they interview maybe they only play when they go to resorts maybe they don't play at all they just really want to be around this sexually charged and open atmosphere Um, some people are soft swap some people are full swap some people are polyamory some people aren't you know it's just such an amazing podcast and so we're extremely excited to have them on today's podcast we would really appreciate if our listeners would go and support them they're fairly new I think they've released about 12 episodes at the time that this podcast will go live and they are Emma and Finn from normalizing non-monogamy now of course you can find them on the web as well as anywhere that your podcasts are downloaded from as normalizing non-monogamy And they're also on Twitter, actually. So go over there and follow them if you're on Twitter and you can get them at their handle at NNM podcast. Of course, the NNM short for normalizing non-monogamy. So good job, guys, there in shortening that and making it a bit better for everybody to search you on. So they're a great couple. We're really excited to have them uh, in the podcast community and really excited to have them on our podcast. So go over and uh, catch up with them. And as always, please do feel free to reach out to us. Uh, We can pass along any messages you might have for them or just reach out to us and uh, tell us what you think about uh, your journey and uh, how you approach ethical non-monogamy. We'd 
love to hear from you as always. And our email address is cnd at swingingdownunder.com. I'll shut up now and I'm going to let this interview now take place. But I just wanted to say thanks again, Emma and Finn, for joining us. And thank you all to our listeners for approaching the lifestyle in your own special way. We love and appreciate you all. Bye. Okay. Okay. Look at that. Perfect. We're also recording. Alrighty. Bleep blob. Blob. (laughs) Bleep blob. (laughs) Alrighty. G'day, guys. This is C. And this is D. And you started with G'day. I mean, you're just straight into the Aussie-isms. I am. Yeah. Did you bring your ball along? And we are (laughs) here today talking to Finn and Emma. How you doing, guys? Hi. Hi. We're doing great. Well, it's a little early and a little cold here, but other than that, we're great. Yeah, that whole uh, other side of the world situation, you know, it is amazing. We are time travelers officially because it's our evening. We're drinking wine. Life is great. Yeah, you have geese, though. Yeah. Geese. I mean, they're kind of cool, except that I'd imagine they shit on everything. That's the downside, yes. Yeah. <laughs> they're pretty might... big birds as well, so I'd imagine that yeah. it's like <laughs> big frozen steamers. They're also loud, so hopefully you don't hear them in the background. <laughs> if, if you do, that's that's just part of the ambiance. So exactly correct. I think so. Yeah, you actually owned some geese, didn't you? Didn't no, my you friend like actually security owned security. Yes, security, security geese. geese, and they used to run around and like bite you on the legs. It was. Mm-hmm. I'm actually a little bit traumatized. Can we not yeah. talk about that? Okay, let's talk about lawn <laughs> mowing goats instead. All right. So. <laughs> <laughs> we want to talk to Finn and Emma today about diversity uh, within ethically non-monogamous relationships. It's a really exciting topic. We want to cover this because there are such a range of relationships that exist out there. Everybody's different and everybody kind of makes their own rules, right? Well, we certainly do. So. Yeah, exactly. You know, if they're not, if you're not making your own rules, you're not having enough fun. Right, true. So, guys, give us uh, a little bit of information about who you are, kind of where you're based, uh, at rough age, rough location, how long you're together, and kids, are no you kids, wearing underpants, fur babies, are you wearing <laughs> pants? You know, critical information like that. So we're Finn and Emma. Uh, I'm 31, and Finn is 30 years old. We live in the Midwest. Wait a minute. Uh, Whoa. Wait a second. Wow. Isn't that the wrong way around? I like what's going on here. <laughs> Tom, she's totally <laughs> slutting it up. I, know, so I, like just, it. Yeah. I am. I'm a sugar, sugar mama over here. I have a soft spot for the older women. I <laughs> he, he does call me a cougar, and I'm only six months older than he is. <laughs> so, And I'm not wearing any underpants. So, so that <laughs> was skipped ahead. Yeah. I skipped ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, go, uh, go ahead and no. finish our intro. Yeah, no, we live in the Midwest of the states, and we are uh, we've been married for almost six years together, about thirteen years. Wow, that's impressive. Good job, and guys. Our, yeah, <laughs> and our, and our first uh, our first ever swinging event was in two thousand and seven. So shortly after we got together. Uh, I guess now 11 years ago or so when we were actually living in Australia. So uh, we decided to do something a little bit unique and adventurous and decided to go to a meet and greet. And it turned out to be an orgy instead of a meet and greet. And that's same diff, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. 
So we basically just kind of wandered around and checked out the scene and talked to some people and we're kind of voyeurs. Yeah. And I think we laid on a bed together and played together a little bit, but mostly just kind of took in the scene and and enjoyed the the new adventure. Yeah. I was going to back up just a little bit to answer the rest of C's questions. Uh, we don't have kids and and we don't have any fur babies right now, but someday I'd love to have a dog. It's just oh, awesome man to finish early, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I'm all done early. now, so. But uh, as, you know, as Finn said, we were really young when we got into this and uh, we we wanted to try swinging and um, opening up our relationship because we were really excited about seeing what other people were like. Uh, but we didn't want to break up. We wanted to stay together because we were having so much fun together. So we decided to, you know, why not explore this at the same time together? Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, and just Great for the idea. record, also, Emma, I would love a fur baby. So maybe yeah. we can, like, go fur baby shopping one day because yeah. that would oh be the God. problem. <laughs> yeah, just saying. Uh, a little bit off track. It just makes there, traveling but... a little bit harder. That's the, that's it, the only reason. <laughs> it does. We, we could maybe, Desire could start allowing the thruple, which includes the third baby. Yeah. <laughs> and they can play on the beach. And you never know, they might get a little bit funky down there, just in the theme of desire. Okay, could could happen. Yeah, bring home some extra babies. Maybe they could. No. <laughs> well, Although, safe sex first, for, even for the fur babies. That's right, right yeah. Do they make doggy doms? Oh, that's a good name, doggy dom. <laughs> interesting marketing. I see a new a business venture for you there, Dee. I'm actually just no, I'm not no, gonna, even good. that's beyond me. Hey, I tell you what, let's uh, let's talk about non-animal uh, sex. Yeah, good um, idea. <laughs> so, share with us, guys. What does being ethically non-monogamous mean to you? I mean, you said there before you wanted to explore other things, but didn't want to break up. You wanted to do this as a couple. You're enjoying that. I mean, what does that mean to you to be ethically non-monogamous? So it's this this has actually been something that's been evolving for us over the past ten years. We we said we went to our first party about ten years ago, but after that we went to a school in a pretty remote location, so we didn't really do a whole lot for a number of years until we graduated. And we moved to a bigger city and we got a little more involved. And at that point it was we primarily looked into it from a swinging standpoint. We weren't really looking for other long term romantic partners it was just something we wanted to do together we wanted to meet other couples we kind of wanted to experience the dating world but we wanted to be able to go and do it together because we're both shy and we figured at least we could talk to each other if the other people and we could come home with each other <laughs> yeah and we could come home with each other we had that we had that lifeline so um it started off <laughs> it's nothing like having your wife as a fallback position <laughs> Yeah, I know that didn't sound. So it makes her sound great, doesn't it? <laughs> I'm just kidding, of course. I can see her, folks. It's not a fallback position, just saying. <laughs> but she, uh, yeah. So we we started off, you know, mostly looking for other couples, and uh, from there we've sort of been through. We've we've started meeting single people. We've mostly single men. We've actually never met the the elusive unicorn. Also, never really looked for it. Um, yeah, I know Dee had mentioned his interest in watching sea with other men. I have very similar uh, draw myself, so I sort of realized okay. this 
point. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. I I realized that when we were broken up and got back together and in she college. was, I was asking her about all the people she'd slept with, which was like two. But, <laughs> I was going to say, it wasn't that. <laughs> but for me, I was like, well, give me, I want more details. And I realized at that point that I, that was probably not normal and I'd have to figure something out. So. <laughs> And so, yeah, so that, you yeah, go ahead. you wanted to join and like uh, you know you flirt and you're both a bit shy. Out of curiosity, who has become the master flirter? What's uh, the dynamic <laughs> Ooh, between a relationship? Question. Who's kind of <laughs> grown and become like the super the awesome super amazing flirter? Slut. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if either of us have have <laughs> mastered that. <laughs> yeah. We we try, but it it always uh, we're, yeah, we, we're not the best at it. We literally have to give ourselves like a pep talk before we go to like uh, a party to be like, okay, tonight we're going to talk to like four couples and we're going to be super outgoing and we're not going to sit in the corner. And then we do it anyway. And we just sit there and. and no, we like talk a, to like people. Like a sales networking event where you, you say, I'm going to give out 15 cards at least tonight. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Like that. It's exactly like that. <clears throat> you so. need cards. You need more cards. Just go there and treat it as a networking event. We, yeah, I think, and I think part of that has been us learning over the years that our, our, the environment that we thrive in is not a party. It's a smaller, more intimate setting where we can actually talk to people. It, it allows us to get to know them and, and find out who we're comfortable with without having to try and grind up on them on a dance floor and hope that, everybody's wants and needs a line after you've already started making out with somebody. It's, it, it's never really worked for us. Yeah. So. Yeah. We and have I the get... same problem. We want to talk to people as well. It's really annoying. It'd be a lot easier <laughs> if you could just walk into a room and point, you know, yeah. that, that couple, I'll take that couple. And, and it, and it works for some people, right? I mean, we've seen it work for people. They come in, they just start dancing and they dance with another couple for like 30 seconds and then they're making out and then all of a sudden they're gone and you're like, well, shit, that looked easy. (laughs) But I mean, you don't know what happens after that, but it, it, it looks so easy from our perspective in the corner and we're not always in the corner. Sometimes (laughs) we're just different corners. Just left of the corner. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Well, that's a, it's, it's a really good point, though, what you're saying about, you know, it works for other people. You know, you talk about another play style. Um, I mean, it's a good topic of what what is something diverse, I think, with, within your relationship or your play style or your lifestyle kind of ethos. What would you share with people out there to explain your interaction and what you guys do, what you like, and how you kind of, work within the lifestyle she's trying to say very politely ask the question what makes you odd (laughs) (laughs) well everyone's a little bit odd so i think that's a compliment (laughs) oh yeah absolutely Uh, that's that's exactly how i meant it i'm the oddest person in this four four four-way conversation right now you're something (laughs) no doubt yeah i i guess i would i'll start with this one and let maybe emma take over but one thing that you see a lot in people's profiles and you hear them say is we're really trying to make friends and go from there. We want friends first. And if it leads to more, that's great. And we really are those people. And we see a lot of those people that say that we try to be friends with them and and maybe we're just not 
their type of friend, but we found that it's not as common as it seems like it is. People say, oh, we're trying to find friends with benefits, and then they, they don't want to be friends with you if someone's on their period or if you if it's not going to work that night to play. They, they don't actually want to be your friend. It's So for us, it's really like we try to develop a friendship, and if something else develops after that, that's great. If not, that's great too. We, we like open-minded friends. That was always our goal getting into this was making new friends because we moved locations a few times and we were always trying to restart our friend group and we figured, well, why not start it with sexy friends? Yeah, I say that was, that's definitely a the way we have always approached uh, non-monogamy together. But I think another, I guess, aspect about our relationship that's maybe a little bit different from other people that have uh, traditionally tried swinging would be um, we did start when we were very young and we were 19 and 20 years old when we went to that first party in Australia and that is <laughs> really young rock on guys <laughs> <laughs> uh, and you know we definitely had you know we didn't do very much in college and we definitely had our you know growing pains throughout college and a little bit afterwards but um you know, then we got into it more once we were more established in, in our relationship. And I think that navigating the swinging lifestyle in your mid-20s is a lot different than, um, you know, I guess I haven't experienced it in my 40s and 50s yet. But I, from our experience, it can be um, different because, you know, we're in a stage of life where most of our peers are out dating or trying to work on their relationship. And we, we had a strong foundation and we wanted to go out and explore others. And a lot of our peers weren't necessarily in that same stage of life. Yeah. Yeah. We've kind of had the experience of being able to, to grow through 10 years of this and see what it's like to be 20 and 25 and, and now 30. And so that's, that's always been kind of a, interesting thing for us to watch and see the progression and who comes in and out and who we start to attract and different groups. And that's kind of fun. We we enjoy meeting people of all ages. So that's something that we have not limited ourselves on very much at all. And if you seem like a really interesting person and somebody we get along with, it doesn't matter what your age is. Um, Hence why I was able to marry Emma when she's six months old. So old. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I'm glad you see past all of her faults and you know gray yeah, hairs know, and wrinkles. I mean, exactly. You know, you know, it's hilarious. Is uh, I just said to see a couple of days ago, or maybe a week ago, that she will soon be the same age as what I was when we first met, which is actually ten years ago. So it's kind of interesting. I'm currently going through a midlife crisis of oh 33. My fucking lord, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look at, the actually, red, look at the red dress she's wearing. You should see the Ferrari parked outside. <laughs> <laughs> I like the red. Yeah, it's very nice. Thank you. I have two. I have two comments for them. One, we'll be your fucking friends because I tell you. Yeah, what, we, I mean, we, yeah, and we'll happily just like be friends. That's all we're looking for. We we feel the same way. You know, we find a lot of people, and they say we'd love to be friends. We don't have kids. We don't have their babies we travel a lot so for us relationships are key but we also put a lot of effort into the relationships that we kind of form 
uh, you know, we will travel to see people. We will spend some time. We'll send them random text messages, come over for wine, come over for cheese, or we're going to, uh, we did one of those escape rooms one day, or we're going to wine tasting or whatever. And we find most it. Most of it revolves around alcohol. Most food, of it, you know that. Admittedly. Right. <laughs> yeah, um, fat people trapped in thin people's bodies. But what we found, <laughs> I guess, especially between our age brackets, is that now for us, I mean, you spoke about kind of swinging in your early 20s, mid 20s, now you're 30. We're finding that a lot of the people we're trying to make connections with are just starting families. And so for them, their time is kind of sucked into this vortex of family time and then trying to balance work. Which is how it should be, Which is how, fairly oh, speaking. Completely, yeah. absolutely, yeah. yeah. Uh, but then you've got work, you've got your own relation to foster, and then you're trying to throw in swinging into the mix. And so we find it a little bit difficult to get people to kind of commit more spontaneously to time spent fostering that relationship so it's probably one yeah. of our things that's my first thing and my second question is have you that ever... wasn't a question uh, sorry my first point yeah. we'll be friends with you <laughs> my, my uh please be our friends is that too much <laughs> oh my god please <laughs> don't reject me again drinks my wine um and my second thing is that have you guys throughout this course of trying to find friends and build relationships have you ever thought about polyamory has that ever come up or have you ever made a connection that's kind of a little bit deeper than maybe just friends with benefits starting to form a, a deeper relationship yeah well let me if you don't mind if i go back and comment on your first point real quick um point about really putting effort into the friendships and i think that's something that it came up uh the other day which is, or for us it's been coming up is when we become friends with people, we put a lot of effort into those friendships, just like you guys said you do. And we sort of expect the same thing out of friends in the lifestyle as we do in normal life. And if you're not willing to be, we don't want to always be the ones who have to ask you to spend time with us. Mm -hmm. we, want yeah. it, we want it to be a two-way street. Otherwise, we feel annoying and naggy and like you don't actually want to be our friend, right? So. Yep. That that's the first point. The second one is which what you said about people focusing on their families. Again, we agree with that and we've seen another level of pressure come from that too, which is hey, we only get out one one weekend a month. Oh yeah. Yep. We're we're free this Friday, so let's get together, but if we do, we'd really like to make sure that we're going to play because we don't get to do it very often. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that puts a lot of pressure on somebody who's like, well, I don't know, you look attractive in your pictures and you seem like we could be friends, but who knows what's going to happen when we show up. And yeah. I understand their point of view. I, I get it. Percent. But, yeah. you know, I, we don't have small kids, but I can, we have friends with small kids and I can, I can see where that is coming from, but it's, it makes it hard from the other end too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we've, we've been through similar things as well. You know, like we're only out, once every three weeks so we want it to be a play session and it, yeah it makes it very tough because that's that expectation going in that can either taint a night you know like you 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 go in maybe not feeling exactly like you would like to do that and then it, it taints the evening which well, I can guess be difficult. expectations are never great right like we just went on a date last friday night i had a terrible day at work 
Um, but I but I rallied. So yeah, you did. You drank two bottles of wine. I that was the rally. I rallied by drinking wine. Um, <laughs> but, but you may have that where it's like, okay, you've been setting up this date for six weeks. That Actually, date comes along. Five months oh, in this case. Yep. And uh, you've kind of you're not kind of feeling it. You want to engage. You want to be out. You want to have people around you have a fun time to distract you from whatever the stresses are, but not necessarily have that expectation. A bit, but it very well could well yeah. go to play, right? Yeah. In this case, it didn't, but the, the guy was a legend. So Yeah, he's awesome. Yeah. Right. So maybe back to, back to your deeper question about visiting polyamory. This is something that we've talked about um, on and off, and we were, we were actually just diving into this ourselves the last week or so, and part of it is we, we haven't really sought that out. It's... I think a big factor is we've never really been super happy where we are in life in terms of our jobs and our location. Within the last Within, handful of years. <laughs> yeah. And it's it's not that we aren't happy with each other. We're just we're just not happy where we are. And so we're taking some major steps to change that. But because of that, all of our time and energy has been focused a hundred percent on making this happen. And when we do decide we're going to relax and let let down our guard and go do something, we just want to do it together because we haven't even taken the time to relax together outside mm. of this sometimes. And so it just, we haven't had the, the emotional bandwidth to be able to handle something like that. And it's, it's yeah, not something, it, it's yeah. not something that we would be opposed to in the future. I think it's, if, if we're in a different stage of life and, and it makes sense, then we'll have that conversation. Um, or if one of us meets someone and it, it happens organically, we'll, we're open to that conversation. But it's not something we're sticking out at the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, it yeah, makes I mean, sense. So, I don't think – I mean, we've discussed not being polyamorous, but I don't think we've ever been put in a situation where we had to really think about it. You know, like I think <clears> – <throat> We, we like to say we don't really rule anything out. We don't really have any rules. We're not polyamorous and we're certainly not seeking to head that way. But I think it'd be really interesting to see what would happen if we ended up in a situation where it was almost forced upon us. Yeah, and, I mean... And, and we may react by running away from that. That might be the simple reaction. Well, I think for us, just thinking about relationships and friendships and they kind of go into that deeper um, element, you know, we, we've spoken about that a little bit on the podcast too, is that it was kind of a shock to us that all of a sudden you've got these relationships that are deeper than friendships. You legitimately care about these people. You're worried about their well-being. You would help them. You want to be there for their achievements and help them through their struggles. Yeah, you, you know, feed them opioids when they're feeling bad. Exactly. And, or you steal their <laughs> opioids when you're feeling bad. You know, I mean, what else? Yeah, it's like swapping lingerie. Same thing. It yeah. is exactly correct. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, and yeah. we have some of those friends um, that someone in their family is sick or, or having surgery, we'll go over and make them dinner. And, you know, we we have some very deep friendships like that. Both and, in the lifestyle and without, but and, yeah. yeah. In and out, but... I mean, I guess for us, we were actually talking about this the other day too. What What is the difference between that and being in a poly relationship? Yeah. I, I mean, and and we sort of decided like, why do we need to put a label on it? Mm-hmm. I mean, if we're if we're happy and everybody gets along and we're having a great relationship, who cares 
what what the damn title is on the thing. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. So. Yeah, that's exactly why I just discussed what we what I did because I th- I think some of our relationships that we're in now with other couples have the potential to grow into a four-way, strong, loving-style relationship. But does that mean we're poly? Well, who knows? Yeah. You know, if you if you play with one same-sex partner, does that make you gay? Is the same sort of question. You right. Know, it just right. comes yeah. down to what you decide fits for you. I liked it. I was, I was deep. Choose, that choose was, your own path, yes. I think, is the point yeah. here. Yeah, you like, were swimming in the deep end again, do you? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I need to get my unicorn paddling you do. sticks back on. Uh, now I'm going to ask. I'm going to ask you a question here. Thinking because you guys have been in lifestyle for a while now. I'm not going to talk about how the lifestyles changed. I mean, I think that's definitely interesting. Maybe you guys can talk about that later. But in terms of advice, what advice would you give to people about what being ethically non-monogamous means and what being diverse means. I mean, if you were going to just talk to anyone out there in the universe, what would you want to tell them about that? Ooh, universe. We're going out to the universe now. I mean, there's <laughs> some weird See this podcast like, makes it out there. <laughs> 12 penis aliens talking to their 12 <laughs> wives about how they should get another 12 wives so they can get a double blowjob. If that's the case, then I want to be the condom <laughs> supplier. Just saying. Yeah, get them in bulk. Save yourself yeah, exactly. a couple of pennies. <laughs> yeah. Um, as far as advice goes, I would say a couple different things. Uh, one is don't ever be afraid to get yourself out of a situation. Uh, I think that's a big one we've learned over and over again. And and I can't stress it enough. You you don't need to be rude about it. You can you can talk to people and just be polite, but don't be afraid to get yourself out of something that doesn't feel right. No matter what that is, if it's an awkward conversation or uh, something, anything you're not comfortable with, just don't be afraid to do that. And it, this gets exponentially harder when everybody's naked. Yeah. And this is <laughs> something true. that that we struggle with early on, and we still struggle with is. Everything seems great and then everyone's clothes come off and then all of a sudden there's something wrong and you're like, well, shit, I don't want to be here anymore, but I don't want to be the one who reigns on the parade mm-hmm. and you have to be able yeah, to do Yeah, I feel you. Yeah. There's nothing worse than being the smallest guy in the room. No. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, I think being able to pull that ripcord and say, you know what? We need to – I need to go talk to my partner. Let me, let it, we're just going to step out for a minute and then – from there, figure out how to come at it as a team because that's part of having a support system in the room with you is you can do these things together. You're not alone. So you're just going to yeah. blame her? Is that the guy? Yep. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. So my fault, yeah. guys. Emma wants to leave. Real sorry. I was totally yeah. in the moment. She just got her. a spontaneous period. Um, yep. I was just I was going to say that exact same thing. But I... <laughs> Which would be because it's been nine and a half years. So. Yeah. No, it hasn't. You like to say that, but you forget yeah. some of the spontaneous, messy events along the way. That's true. Yeah. Um, happens to the best of us. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So I forgot entirely what I was going to say, so let's just move on. It's your diary. Yeah. So, I mean, it was, it was about the same amount of intelligence I normally add to a conversation. <laughs> <laughs> the, the other one that I, that I wanted to add in, sorry to interrupt there. Um, no, go for it was be open to trying new things 
and but also give yourself the flexibility to make a mistake while you're trying those things. So it may not go right the first time or or your partner may do something that seems like it maybe broke a rule or pushed a boundary, but give them the flexibility to make those mistakes because you're going to make one soon and it wasn't malicious. It wasn't intentional. You're you're navigating in waters that you've never been in and that very few people have been in. So you, you have to allow each other the room to screw up and then come back together and recalibrate and say, Hey, I didn't like that when you did that. Let's not do that. And just talk about it and don't, don't fly off the handle because somebody did something that was a little bit out of your comfort zone. Yeah. I would say that even if expanding on that a little bit with the communication, you know, I know most people in the lifestyle stress communication and that's something that you have to do. But I think having those hard conversations, like if someone did cross a boundary or screw up or made a mistake, being able to have that conversation and approach your partner, but also being the other person being able to listen to it and take that in and not react angrily necessarily. If if you can talk through it, that's a skill that we're still working on. And I think a lot of people are, but it's important. You need to at least be able to have that conversation. (laughs) Anyone in a relationship ever still working on that. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) We've, well, for me, I've kind of found, and I'm generally a reason. I'm going to blow wind up my own ass here, but I'm generally a reasonably witty. It's my shocked face. Yeah, generally a reasonably witty, witty type individual. But along with that comes a mind that sometimes doesn't have a filter between the mouth. So I've found for me just that ability to stop and, you know, actually take the time to generate the thought is is something that's helped me a lot. Not just generate yeah. it, but articulate it to your partner. I mean, your partner doesn't live in your head. So yeah. you might be thinking it and it sounds very, uh, you know, neutral in your head and it sounds really adulting <laughs> and, you know, great for your partner and that it spews out and they hear it in a very accusing way or, you know, aggressive way or whatever. And so I think it's it's pausing to think about what you're going to say and then I think it's, articulating it correctly isn't yes it? precision of language yes. is very important when you're in midst of a fight that's very true yes i am shit at that precision of language just, I, i'm shit at that too <laughs> right? yeah it's yeah. your fault <laughs> oh wait no, yeah. i mean it's my fault actually i don't know whose fault it is it's everybody's fault all right except ours because we're awesome <laughs> All right, guys, uh, last piece. If people want to contact you, if they want to talk to you more about your experiences in Australia, back in the States, what's coming up for you, tell us how they can talk to you. Or buy your used underwear. Yeah. <laughs> I know I've been trying to get Emma to sell her underwear for months and she won't do it. Is that a thing? That's that a true got... story. He he's actually oh. tried to get me to do that. <laughs> it's mostly right. in jest, but if she said yes, I would definitely fire oh, that, that system totally up in a room. Yep. Go go fund me forward slash MSL's underpants. Uh, how can people contact you guys? <laughs> you could just call it Emma's underpants.com. I mean it sells itself. Yeah. Uh-huh. Thanks. <laughs> Yeah, well, I will jump into that. I wanted to I wanted to add one more piece of advice, and and feel free to insert this wherever you want. Sorry, um, uh, <laughs> you are a CD. Yeah, I mean, this, is, this is actually no. That's that's actually a precision of language scenario right there. <laughs> 
feel free to uh, insert this wherever you like. This, this this was actually a bit of advice we got uh, from one of the per- one of the people we interviewed for our podcast just a couple weeks ago was everybody's sexuality is so different that you have to be aware that you might not be somebody's flavor and not to take that negatively, but also that you might find people that you click with way better than even maybe your own partner or that the thing that you're doing for one person is not the same for another. It's just that everyone's sexuality is so fluid that don't be put off because somebody doesn't click with you right away that, that you, there's just so many different people out there and now we're going to have to delete this because I've rambled, but um, not at all. No, no, that'll stay in for sure. Um, (laughs) Absolutely. I mean, I can, other people compliment things that maybe you're seeking out, you know, look, I have, D doesn't like my shitty arcade games. He hates them. I whoa, have... whoa, whoa, whoa. Big call. Come on. <laughs> I mean, are we... I just can't understand. You've got an Atari 2600 there and you've got an Oculus Rift VR system and you're reaching for the Atari 2600 so you can play fucking Pac-Man. So my point you is... play Pac-Man live. Like, you can be the Pac. Can you can run around the room. Around. <laughs> around the room. No, that's actually not funny. Can I actually do that? Yeah, of course. Don't lie. I'm not lying. You can buy Pac-Man. That's fully awesome. I know you're in on the Pac-Man now. Yeah. Aren't you? No, no, no. Um, <laughs> I, I think that you you compliment. I mean, why should it be any different that I might find a friend that loves playing Pac-Man because D doesn't? Um, yeah, or blowjobs. There's no difference. So sexually, people want to explore things. They want to do something different. Can or they I can say give you something. I am not interested in a Pac-Man blowjob? <laughs> Nobody's eaten my ghost. Okay. That's not, they can swallow the ghost, but no eating it. <laughs> but you can you can then kind of complement that by having different relationships, different experiences. Everybody else can kind of add a different flavor. So, yeah, I agree with that. I think it's good advice. Yeah, me too. Um, certainly there's a whole lot of people out there that despise me. So Yeah, there is. You know, I've got to find the balance. The I hide the balance. hate mail from you. Yeah. Wow. I mean, sometimes <laughs> I read him one the other day and he was like, what the shit? No, I, no, I wasn't. <laughs> no, were... My response was actually a bit more like, eh, no, it wasn't. You were like, who is that person? Yeah. Anyway, whatever. So, so good advice. But where can people contact you guys if they want to hear yep. more, learn more? How can they get in contact? Yeah, so I'll let Emma take oh, it. Oh, yeah. So I, we're starting a new podcast uh, called Normalizing Non-Monogamy. So you can find us at our website at normalizingnonmonogamy.com. Or if you're spelling challenge like us, you could also type in nnmpodcast.com. Uh, but the basis for our podcast is to interview couples or triads or or singles or anybody interested in non-monogamy and uh, tell us, have them tell us their story, uh, how they got into it, why they got into it, how it's impacted their relationship. Uh, that's the basis of our podcast. Yeah. And it, it's definitely not focused on the, the sex aspect of it. I mean, it's going to come up, it's going to happen. There's going to be stories, but we really want to hear more about all the different types of dynamics. And we've, we've done some interviews with, straight couples with there's been a couple where she's a lesbian and he's straight and they're married and it's just just so many different dynamics that we're trying to put out in the world so that would be one way to find us or on twitter it's 
uh, at NNM podcast. Yeah, and we launch May 2nd. Yep. I just realized whenever you put this out. <laughs> so we've either already launched or we will be launching depending <laughs> on when this goes live. So, <laughs> yeah. Excellent. So if people want to hear more about diversity and lifestyle relationships, they can just start listening to you guys and they'll get that as you launch and interview different people, right? Yep. Yes. And if they want to come on, reach out to us. We're happy to talk to anybody. So. Yes. Yeah, the show really won't work without people. About, I really want to talk about how much I masturbate. It's like you want to put sex on show? non-monogamy. Is that what you want to do? Sex is okay, but it can't be the focus. <laughs> Well, no. I mean, I, I'm never my own focus when I'm masturbating. Isn't and with that, that uh, I'd like to thank <laughs> Emma, Ben, nominalizing non-monogamy. Thanks yes. for uh, coming on our show. Thank you for trying oh, to th- normalize our podcast. Oh, yeah. Uh, you failed epically. <laughs> We're counting on you guys to make us sound yeah. awesome. What the hell happened? Yeah. I don't um, know. I think you sound pretty it. awesome without yeah. us. Yeah, well, no, and thank, and thank you guys for having us on and, and taking the time to talk with us. We really appreciate it. So. Yeah, thank right. you. No problem. Thanks, guys. All right. Bye. You don't want us to get a goodbye from the bye? No. You can delete um, my bye. I no. I my bye gets oh, deleted. No, your bye was good. It, was, <laughs> it wasn't forced or anything. <laughs> uh.